Lesson eight of the Elements of Mammalogy. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Elements of Mammalogy by William Rushenberger. Lesson eight. Order of Edentata. Zoological characters. Division into three families. Family of Tardigrada. Organization. Habits. Eye or sloth. Family of ordinary edentata, armadillos, anteaters, manis, family of monotremata, peculiarities of their organization, ornithorhynchus, echidna, order of pachydermata, zoological characters, peculiarities of their organization, division into three families, family of proboscidiana, genus elephant, organization, habits, use, ivory, elephants of asia africa and siberia order of edentata under this head is placed a considerable number of animals remarkable for a certain slowness and a want of agility owing to the position of their extremities in general their toes are enveloped in stout nails upon which they walk with difficulty their common distinctive character is the wanting of teeth in the anterior part of the jaws that is the incisor teeth sometimes the canine and molar teeth are also wanting so that the animal is then entirely edentate this order is divided into three families which may be recognized by the characters enumerated in the following table edentata without a cloaca and having the face very short family tardigrada edentata without a cloaca and having the muzzle long and pointed family ordinary edentata edentata provided with a cloaca family monotremata note that is to say having the rectum and duct for the passage of the urine opening into a common cavity called cloaca which has a single outlet as is the case in birds and reptiles family of tardigrada or sloths the sloths bradipus bear some resemblance to deformed and stupefied monkeys and they have in their whole being something so disproportioned and strange that at first sight they might be taken as the product of some fantastic freak of nature but when these anomalies are closely studied we find they have their use and that they all tend however grotesque they seem to adapt the organs of the animal to the purposes for which its kind of life has designed them when on the ground nothing is more awkward more ungraceful and powerless than the sloths their short stout body is borne on extremities so unequal in length that in order to walk the animal is obliged to tread on its elbows the pelvis is broad and the thighs are directed so much outwards that they cannot bring the knees together at the same time their hind feet are articulated so obliquely upon the legs that they only touch the ground by their external edge and the toes joined together by the skin do not show except by their enormous hooked nails which are flexed when at rest and they possess so little movability that at a certain age the first phalanges become soldered to the bones of the metacarpus and metatarsus the sitting and vertical position is least inconvenient to them but their head being in a line with the axis of the body their mouth then looks upwards rendering it very difficult for them to graze upon the ground 
add to this that their flexor muscles are much more powerful than their extensors the latter being those which sustain the weight of the body when walking and that their motions are extremely slow and we can then form an idea of the restraint to which the mode of conformation of these animals must subject them when placed under the same circumstances in which most quadrupeds live and move without inconvenience but it would be wrong to believe that nature has made any imperfect or grotesque beings it is altogether otherwise she has designed the sloths to live hooked to branches of trees and in this position in which the most ordinary quadrupeds would be quickly fatigued the anomalies of structure we have just pointed out become so many happy provisions to enable these edentata to climb and cling with the least possible muscular effort and to facilitate the prehension of their food suspended over their heads the dental system of these animals also possesses distinctive peculiarities their canines are long and sharp and their molars are cylindrical their stomach is divided into four pouches analogous to the four stomachs of the ruminantia they have two mammae on the chest and only give birth to one young one at a time which is carried on the back they feed on leaves they inhabit the forests in the interior of south america the most remarkable species of the many that are known is the eye or the three-fingered sloth bradypus tridactylus it is the only mammal that has more than seven cervical vertebrae it has nine it is about the size of a cat its arms are twice as long as its legs and the hair which covers its back is long coarse without elasticity and resembles withered grass its name is derived from its cry family of ordinary edentata animals of this family are recognized by their pointed muzzle of the genera composing this family the first armadillos dasypus are very singular animals having the head the body and very often the tail covered by a hard scaly coat composed of compartments like mosaic this substance which may be considered as agglutinated hair forms one shield on the front a second very large and convex one on the shoulders a third similar to the preceding on the croup and between these two shields several movable parallel bands which give the body the faculty of bending the tails is sometimes covered with a succession of rings and sometimes like the legs only with different tubercles a few scattering hairs grow between the scales or on parts of the body that are not covered by these plates these animals have large ears and large nails the number of the latter is always five behind and sometimes four and at others five before the armadillos vary in size from that of a badger to that of a hedgehog they are stout in the body and low on their legs they are all originally from the hot or temperate parts of america they burrow and feed partly on insects partly on vegetables and in part on the dead bodies second the anteaters myrmecophaga inhabit the same countries as the armadillos but are readily distinguished from them because their body is hairy like that of most mammals and their muzzle drawn out in a long cylindrical tube is terminated by a small mouth which is entirely without teeth their jaws which are very long they can scarcely separate from each other nor can they use them to seize or compress their food but they are provided with a very long filiform tongue 
which they can project to a considerable distance beyond the mouth and which always being covered by a viscid gluey humour serves them to seize the ants and other insects upon which they feed by the assistance of their strong trenchant nails which vary in number according to the species the ant-eaters tear up the nests of the termites or white ants and at the moment these little insects sally forth in crowds from their retreat to form a rampart and defend themselves they protrude upon them their viscid tongue and drawing it in again suddenly convey them into their mouth when at rest these nails which serve also as defensive arms are folded back against a callosity on the wrist and the animal only rests its foot on the side and its gait is slow some species have a prehensile tail by which they suspend themselves from branches of trees the largest species called tamanoir does not possess this faculty it is four feet long and inhabits low humid places third the manis or pangolins are without teeth have a very extensible tongue and live on ants and termites like the preceding but their body extremities and tail are covered with large trenchant scales disposed like tiles and which are raised when they roll themselves into a ball to avoid danger a few long bristles grow at the base of these scales they all belong to the old continent asia or africa family of monotremata it includes animals of a strange construction which unite the characters of their mammal with those of the oviparous animals and whose place in the classification of mammalia is still a subject of controversy with some naturalists the monotremata like birds have but one opening for the escape of excrement and urine but there is found under the belly two glandular masses which most naturalists consider to be mammae besides the five nails on all the feet the males have on the hind legs a peculiar spur traversed by a canal from which issues a liquid which is secreted by a gland adhering to the thigh it is asserted that wounds inflicted by them are poisonous the accounts of travellers and of the natives of the countries which they inhabit seem to establish that they lay eggs like birds but this is still doubtful they are peculiar to new holland and van diemen's land this singular family contains two genera first the echidna resemble the hedgehogs because they are covered above with numerous spines mingled with hairs and below they have hair only the body is stout and short the neck is scarcely perceptible the tail is merely a tubercle covered with spines their long muzzle terminated by a small mouth contains a very long tongue which they protrude to seize insects upon which they feed they have no teeth but their palate is armed with several ranges of little spines directed backwards they have short feet armed with nails for digging these animals readily excavate the earth and form subterraneous abodes near to trees like the hedgehogs they roll themselves into a ball second the ornithorhynchus has a small elongated body a small head a very strong tail which is short flattened and at its root as wide as the body of the animal like that of the beaver it is covered with hair and the extremities are very short and the anterior widely separated from the posterior ones the muzzle is terminated by a horny beak like that of a duck 
and, like it, the edges are provided with small transverse plates. In the back part of the mouth only it has two teeth, without roots, and flat crowns, on each side of both jaws. The tongue is large and soft, the nares are round, situate towards the superior extremity of the horny beak. The neck is short, and the general form of the body is nearly cylindrical. The forefeet have a membrane which not only unites the toes, but is carried considerably beyond the nails. On the hind feet, the membrane terminates at the root of the nails. As might be anticipated from what we have said of their conformation, the ornithorynchi are aquatic animals. They inhabit the marshes and rivers in the interior of New Holland and live like ducks, if we may thus apply the word, by sifting the mud to separate from it insects and larvae. The species best known is the Ornithorynchus paradoxus. Order of Pachydermata the animals comprised in this order are remarkable for the hard, thick hide with which most of them are covered. They are ungulate mammals, that is, the extremity of the foot is enveloped in a very large nail, constituting a hoof. They have generally a simple stomach and do not ruminate. Their teeth present great varieties in form and structure. In some, the incisors are trenchant, in others, they are wanting and in others again they are replaced by tusks. The same is true of the canines. While some resemble ordinary canines, others become powerful and dangerous defensive weapons, and others again want them altogether. The molars have wide irregular surfaces suited for grinding. They are entirely without a clavicle, and are incapable of bending the fingers, toes, which are in number either five or three, or only one, and rarely two. The order of Pachydermata includes the largest terrestrial mammals known. Except the horse, they are all clumsy and have a heavy, indolent gait, are very dirty and particularly fond of wallowing in the mud. They continually dwell in troops in warm, covered places, in marshy situations, where they find aquatic stalks and roots suited to their wants. Sometimes the neck is very short, but then, as in the case of the elephant, they are provided with a trunk capable of raising from the ground all objects which they wish to convey to the mouth. Or, remaining almost constantly in the water, they can, without stooping, catch the leaves and stalks floating on its surface. These animals, which resemble each other in the general features of their organization, are still distinguishable by important particulars which has made it necessary to divide them into three families, the Proboscidiana, the ordinary pachydermata, and the solipeds, which may be recognized by the following characters. Pachydermata, having tusks, a prehensile trunk, and five toes on all its feet. Family, proboscidiana. Pachydermata, not having a prehensile trunk, and not having five toes on all the feet. Having at least two toes, and at most four. Family, pachydermata ordinaria. Pachydermata, not having a prehensile trunk and not having five toes on all the feet. A single toe apparent. Family, solipeds. Family of proboscidiana. These are pachydermata with a trunk and tusks. They have five toes on all the feet, but encrusted in a sort of hoof of callous skin. Their nails only are apparent. They have neither canine or incisor teeth, but they have in the upper jaw two tusks of enormous size. 
the mame two in number are placed upon the chest this family includes one living genus only the genus elephant elephas this genus comprises animals of gigantic size naturally mild and docile in disposition which enables them readily to bear the domestic condition the amplitude required by the alveoli of the upper jaw to contain the two tusks elevated so much and at the same time shortens the bones of the nose that the nares in the skeleton are found near the top of the face but in the living animal they are prolonged into a cylindrical trunk consisting of a double tube composed of fibres and many small muscles variously interlaced which is movable in every direction and terminates above by an appendix in the form of a finger this trunk which communicates with the nasal fossa serves the elephant to seize hold of everything he wishes to convey to the mouth to pump up his drink and then pour it into his throat it thus compensates for the shortness of his neck by means of this curious instrument the elephant can uproot trees untie knots open a lock and even ride with a pen the eyes are small and the pupil round the ears are wide and lie close against the head but quite movable the parietes of the cranium contain great vacuities which augment the size of the head and render the front projecting the skin is thick hard and wrinkled and almost without hair the tail is small these animals have sharp sight their hearing is quick their sense of smell delicate their intelligence developed their perception ready their prudence extreme they remember kindness as well as harshness their gait is heavy but the length of their steps gives rapidity to their march although the elephant is the most vigorous and most powerful of quadrupeds in a state of nature he is neither cruel nor formidable peaceful as he is brave he never abuses his power or exerts his strength except in his own defence he is rarely seen alone in the desert the herds usually consist of from forty to one hundred elephants the oldest marches at the head of the troop and the next in age watches the rear it has been said the elephant never lies down but this is an error he lies on his side and sleeps profoundly elephants are tamed when taken young they may be employed for the purpose of transport they carry about two thousand pounds weight and will travel without being very much fatigued a distance of from fifteen to twenty leagues these animals swim well they live to the age of nearly two hundred years two species of elephants are known first the indian or asiatic elephant elephas indicus has an oblong head concave front ears of middling size and four nails on the hind feet it is met with in all the warm parts of india where the natives pursue take tame and employ it as a beast of burthen and draught its tasks often remain very short second the african elephant elephas africanus has a round head a convex front the ears are large and there are but three nails on the hind feet it inhabits africa from senegal to the cape of good hope it is more fierce than that of india and its tusks are much longer the female has them as long as the male they have not yet succeeded in taming this species in siam there is a variety of elephant which is white and held in religious veneration 
the tusks of elephants furnish true ivory it is known by the curved lozenge formed lines its cut surface exhibits when polished that which is obtained from the animal immediately after its death is called green ivory it is more esteemed than the other which comes from tusks found a long time after they have been separated from the animal it is said the first is least liable to become yellow an elephant found some years ago in the ice on the coast of siberia appears to have been covered with a coat of thick hair and fur which leads to the supposition that this species which has long since disappeared from the earth lived in cold climates the mammoth and mastodon are extinct species belonging to the family of proboscideans End of lesson eight.